Snippet, the short podcast platform. Hello, my friend, and welcome to The Closet Space. My name is Vic Ravindran, and I have been gay my whole fucking life. But I didn't say so for 20 years. And I'm far from the only one who has kept a part of themselves hidden away for so long. So every week, I talk to amazing individuals who have come out of the closet in some form or another, whether they're part of the LGBTQIA community, or even if they've come out of closets we don't often talk about, like having an invisible disability or simply leaving their way of life behind. Hopefully, these conversations will serve as a joyful reminder that there is an abundant world of opportunity beyond the closet door for those prepared to open it. And for those of you who aren't quite ready yet, I hope this show is a sign that there are so many people who are excited to meet you when you do make that choice. This week, I am honored to welcome a fabulous, dazzling, and daring drag queen, the Silver Lake icon herself, Tony Soto. Tony is a self-described OG, or obviously gay, so his closet door has been open for a while. Nowadays, you'll find Tony usually dripping in sequins and topped off with a wig so big it could clean the ceiling, hosting live queer performance shows and bringing together creatives from all parts of the LGBTQIA community for nights filled with laughter, lip syncing, and debauchery. I met Tony through her show Learn the Words Bitch, where anyone is free to compete, because like Tony says, why should drag queens have all the fun? And she has been sharing the fun nonstop, even when the pandemic shut down queer spaces all over the country. Without further ado, my conversation with Tony. Thank you, Tony, for joining us on the Closet Space podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm so thankful that you're here to have this conversation with me today, but I am also more specifically thankful because you are a Silver Lake icon. You are a drag queen that has held together the Los Angeles community throughout the pandemic for the past year or so through uh, first your live shows, but then obviously transitioning into digital shows to kind of keep the community together and kind of keep the queer community um, talking, keep it creative, keep it going, and kind of keep that um, nightlife feeling going, even though everyone was zooming in from their bedrooms. But thank you so much for being that community leader that you are and for joining me here again on the show today. Yeah, I'm a real rock. I'm a real rock. <laughs> Appreciate being a pillar of the community. You are, right? you are <laughs> the foundation upon which our gay walls are built. <laughs> I'll take it. Why not? Well, so your home base is Akbar. You have been out of commission from uh, performing there for the last year or so. Oh my but, God, yeah. But thanks to all of your work, you're about to bring uh, your show, Learn the Words, Bitch, back to a live performance venue. What's it been like for you to have kind of shepherded everyone through a digital experience, but now being able to bring everyone back to a live experience. Well, you know, it's been kind of difficult, uh, honestly, because I also was navigating the pandemic personally. You know what I mean? So I was isolating alone the whole time. You know, I... I it, so I was going through my own mental shit, like everyone else was regarding the pandemic, but I also knew that there's a community uh, behind Learn the Words, bitch, um, and that we needed that semblance of normalcy, some bit. And also, you think, oh, shit, the internet, that's a lot more people that are going to see me, you know, as well. Uh, you know, it's like, this is a new medium. Get on it. Drag queens took over the internet. It wasn't just about porn, baby. We were, like, working it, you know? <laughs> So we finally knew, learned how to get off those porn tubes and learn how to actually use the internet. 
Well, yeah, you are a force for good. I mean, not like porn's not a force for good. But you have <laughs> you have certainly made a positive stamp online with your uh, com- contributions and bringing people together that, through that medium. I always look at as uh, a drag as a mascot. That's what we are for the community. We are we are meant to be in these queer spaces. We are meant to lift up our people. We are meant to make them laugh and make them uh, not worry about whatever bullshit. Um, they might have brought in with them, you know? Sure. And you haven't always been, uh, as much as we all like to assume, you haven't always been this paragon of uh, drag excellence that we all know you as. Uh, How did your coming out journey kind of shape you in the beginning uh, stages of your life? And then how did that kind of lead you into drag? How did how did that all flow together? Well, first, to be this, I have to give a shout out to LA just to start off because I wasn't taken seriously as a drag queen until I moved here. Let's be real. All right. I mean, I've been a, a, a drag queen for a long time, but it wasn't until I came here that they actually took me seriously. And I think it all started because, you know, I've always been a flamboyant boy like gay I've always been a gay guy like when I was little I just remember being terribly afraid of earthworms not trying to go outside a lot and sweat and uh and and I didn't see a problem with that you know there was a lot of shaming because I am mixed race I am Mexican and I are Latino and uh and Caucasian so I mean there was I got side-eyed glances, but I think that the fact that I embraced femininity and didn't run away from it, um, even in a small town in central Illinois, of course drag is the next, what else is there? I mean, go to drag, you know? But I stumbled into drag. Like, I people, I think maybe now people have ambitions and dreams to be drag queens. That was not my goal in life. No, she wanted to be a soap actress. That's what she wanted to do. But... I moved to Chicago, got a job at a gay bar, did a gay uh, uh, fundraiser. All the, all of us boys got dressed up as girls, and that was the beginning. And I named her Zandra Fairlawn, and no one gave a shit about that name. For oh, it's her. a beautiful name. Yeah, no one cared, though, because it wasn't a pun. You know? <laughs> That's why I'm Tony Soto now in drag, because I'm like, we have a mutual friend, Jay Fink. He's the one who named me, basically, because... I had Trixie Mattel judging Learn the Words Bitch here in L.A. I'd known Trixie for years. Mm-hmm. So she was just calling me Tony the whole time. Not oh, even Xandra. And I got mad. <laughs> and Jay was like, why don't you just change your name to Tony Soto? And I was like, ding. Perfect. And you didn't even change the spelling. I love when drag queens do that, when they just can go out there. And it actually is very fitting for you because you've always been who you are. You've always, maybe, it sounds like you've always been a little drag queen. So, <laughs> a little dramatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, to, uh, why not just stick to the original branding? I mean, it didn't make any, I never even thought about it. And honestly, once the words were mentioned, I was like, uh, yeah, duh, that's who the checks go to, you know? <laughs> Like, why mess around? And I do feel like drag queens have a tendency to lose their identity uh, when they are drag queens, um, which, I mean, I mean, get it, get into the character, sure, but also know that it's a character. Um, and I think that by me keeping my real name, that makes me remember. It's like, no, bitch, you ain't nothing fabulous. This is all coming off, and you're going to be in a studio apartment at the end of the day. You know? <laughs> Well, speaking of Tony Soto, the multiple Tony Sotos, how does Tony Soto, the drag queen, help Tony Soto, the person? Um, 
being Tony Soto, so I'm pretty outspoken on uh, in and out of drag. Uh, I host podcasts where my opinions are spoken, the Tony Soto Show, the Gay Power Up Hour. Um, but I'm not always forgiven very easily on those shows, on the podcasts, or when I'm representing male. But she kind of gets away with things. And she can, unless it's the Britney crowd, they do not fuck with me when I make a Britney. And I won't ever anymore after the documentary. Oh, I no. I won't. I've learned. Blasphemous. I've educated myself. And I've changed my ways. Because <laughs> um, that poor girl is trapped. But uh, you're, you get forgiven easier when you are a drag queen. You can, you can use your platform. You can truly say what you want to say and people are listening to you because they're, I mean, well, the beauty in my case. Um, <laughs> of course, glamour sells. Initially gets them and so they can't stop looking at you. And that's the thing about a drag queen. Everyone's looking at you when you're in the room. What do your close friends and family think about uh, who Tony Soto has become as a drag icon in Silver Lake or drag performer in general? I don't know what my family thinks. Um, I actually, because uh, when we're recording this, it's it's gonna it's gonna be Mother's Day weekend, um, and I actually filmed a Mother's Day greeting to my mom in drag because I was in drag today, working, and so I was like. I'm going to film a little hey, and then to my baby mamas as well. I did them a little Mother's Day thing, and to my Thea. I did a little Mother's Day thing with for all of them. You know, I know that, like, I, I, I growing up, I my parents just don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they ever got me. I don't think they, they, they get me at all. It's like whenever I tell them, well, I don't have a relationship with my father anymore. Um, but whenever I talk to my mom about things that are going on in my life, the response I get is, well, that's good. <laughs> kind of like the equivalent of getting a text that says K. K, exactly. I mean, we birthday text. Like, you know what? That video I did for Mother's Day is going beyond, you know. But I think my friends, like my friends, a lot of my friends have been on the game show. So sure. so they're all drag queens, you know, like uh, Shea Coulee and I mentioned Trixie Mattel and Pearl and kimchi like those are all girls that I came up with in Chicago and so they're doing the damn thing like my friends who are performers like here in LA or or my friends who aren't anything living wherever they live I think they're glad I didn't OD on drugs in the 90s in the 2000s you know what I mean like, I'm certainly glad that you didn't too this story could have been very different love like it could have been a very different story I I was on a dark path for uh, for a good moment in my in my youth. So I mean, I was a five year senior in high school. She dropped out because she liked cocaine. Um, you know, I had to go to a two year college to get my grades up so I could go to a four year college, and I still went to one that would accept anybody. So I mean, she hasn't made good decisions. She's forty one years old. You know what I mean? Living in a studio apartment. So, but um, I wouldn't change it. Do you feel like drag kind of help you find your way out of those kind of bat poor decisions or decisions that didn't like fit with where you wanted to go? Do you feel like drag kind of led you away from those or into different decision making? No, I'll always give that to theater. Theater always did that for me. I think that theater um, made drag a, the right decision. Like my history is in theater. 
my history has always been camp. Like it's always been that stuff. Like I think because I've had that upbringing, I can make a very successful drag queen because in this day and age, there's a lot of cross dressers out there. A lot of clowns out there trying to skip to the loom and they're not all good. I don't like a lot of drag queens. I am a good drag queen. Now, I might not perform the best. She might be a pointer sister, <laughs> but she'll always lip sync and she'll host the house down boots. No one can beat me with an MC. You can't do it. Amen to that. And I'm funny. And uh, I mean, there's just no question in that. So drag has given me the confidence, like definitely increased the confidence to know because I know I'm a good drag. That's amazing. Welcome back to the closet space. My conversation with drag queen and Silver Lake icon Tony Soto continues. You you mentioned this before in, in previous conversations that I've had with you, uh, but yeah, the the economy of drag race and the fact that RuPaul's Drag Race is such a mainstay of uh, popular culture that it has shifted the types of people who become drag queens, what draws them to doing drag, and so what drew you to doing drag originally and how do you think that differs from what people are uh doing now i think the illusion of it all i mean i wasn't great at makeup for a long long time so i'm not gonna like try to boast me being the illusion of it all but drag in general like the idea of it the transformation the transition that is something that still blows my mind when there's a great like i love a transformation tuesday you know i want to see what you look like in and out um people are in it for money now and this is a thing i just did a talk today with like a high school group of uh of gay students in some high school in illinois um and they asked me that question they asked me what would you tell a 16 year old uh who wants to get into drag and i say why do you want to get into drag because if it's to get on a game show where they're going to make you jump through hoops so you can win $100,000 and get a $5,000 booking, don't you drag because you're not going to get on the show because, baby, you're not good. You're not good enough for it. Or you're not bad enough for it because the game show casts you. You're playing a character. It has no, nothing to do with your ability. But if you want to get into drag to create amazing shows in small venues, bars, queer spaces to help lift up your community, uh, get involved with uh, fundraising or whatever, what have you, then, yeah, you should get into drag. But if it's to be rich, that's not a lot of people. I mean, there's girls that have been on that game show that aren't rich to this day. So so that's the only thing. It's like when a game show is the end-all, be-all of drag, like, I don't ask people why they get into it anymore because I'm going to roll my eyes. Because you're probably a bitch who watched a YouTube tutorial and you probably came out at 21 looking flawless. Do you even have a booger stage? Get out of here. We don't, we're not the same. <laughs> so you were talking about um, kind of in that same answer about queer spaces. And um, you obviously have had an amazing relationship with Akbar. Uh, there have been so many queer spaces that we've lost over the course of the pandemic. Um, what is... What has been your approach to making sure that we are keeping uh, queer spaces alive? And 
I know that's obviously not something that you have the reach to do for all of Los Angeles, but how, how has that journey been for you to try to keep Akbar alive, try to keep uh, learn the words bitch alive and just trying to keep the community alive through these times. You know, it, it was kind of crazy because I mean, I, I didn't get unemployment. I didn't get any of the money that was, I mean, outside of the, the, the 3,200, I think we got in stimulus money. Um, so learn the words became my income. Like that was my, and for the first eight months, like it was good money. I've never made that much money at a learn the words bitch at Akbar. Um, but I felt helpless with the bars because I'm not able to contribute to the fundraising that they did, the GoFundMes. I ain't got no money to do it. So I'm sitting there holding my breath, like watching one bar after another. And my two home bars are Akbar and Precinct, you know? And I'm grateful that Precinct got bailed out with their GoFundMe and that there was such a, a huge push in the community. Um, I want the same for, for precinct, but you know, I think they're still going to be there. So it was my job to create the content that I could in the year that we were fucking stashed away and hope that people. What would you say to yourself at 16 um, coming from where you are now having established business class (laughs) take take listen just learn math better do carry the one i don't know (laughs) don't don't say yes to drugs that's what i would say because honestly i feel like i am a fabulous 41 year old homosexual man but i think that if i really would have taken a few more things seriously in my youth I could probably be a little more financially stable and not be a clown for a living. I don't know. I mean, look, the older you get, the more you look at it and you're like, it's not an easy job to do. Like when I was trying to shove pads into tights in 80 degrees, small ass studio, I was like, too old for this. (laughs) I've never had a drag mother, but I've known a lot of drag queens uh, and you know, a lot of them came from pageanty stuff. Uh, and you just learn that there are certain things that, that a drag queen should do. Now that's, and, I, I'm, and, and, and I'm not saying that's should for anybody else. That's should for me. Thank you so much again for joining me, Tony. You're always a pleasure to, to talk with and to, to spend time with. So thank you again. And thank you, not again, just like on a personal level for sharing this experience with me, but again, for all the things that you've done for helping queers all over Los Angeles and around the world at this point, because Zoom is an international affair. So thank you again for being able to provide that for everyone. And yeah, I hope I hope we're giving it right back to you. Well, you know, y'all could step it up a little bit more. You, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you heard him. You heard him. Well, Tony, where can my listeners find you uh, if they want to find out more about Learn the Words or any of your podcasts? Where can they find Absolutely. you online? Absolutely. Uh, everything Learn the Words Bitch is on Instagram at Learn the Words Bitch. The two podcasts are The Tony Soto Show and The Gay Power Half Hour, anywhere podcasts are streamed. Uh, I'm The Tony Soto Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Venmo. And uh, yeah, and also tune into Queer Slam. I do it the fourth Monday of every month, anywhere podcasts are streamed. It's an open mic for LGBTQIA storytellers and poets. And I'm super proud of it. Awesome. Thanks again. And again, 
amazing time spending with you in the closet space. Since recording this episode, Tony's brought Learn the Words Bitch back to Akbar, and I've been lucky enough to perform in some of those shows. I think it's pretty safe to say that without people like Tony in our communities, we would be missing out on a whole world of collective joy. It truly takes a queen to bring together a kingdom. Long may she reign. Until next time, I'm Vic Ravindran, and thank you so much for joining me in the closet space. 